Welcome to the change room, at home edition. <laughs> you know what it is? <laughs> the change room home edition where we bring you the reigning, defending, undisputed best sports review show that brings you the best local and international content. You can right. And the man I hate to love and love to hate school, sadly, is at the Sharks press conference. So he's going to have some exclusive news for us next week's episode. But I have a guest host for you. He is one of our producers. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Our special guest host, Mr. B. Zondi. How are you doing, Mr.? I'm all right. Thanks to yourself. Finally, I'm, I made it onto camera for the first time after 10 weeks. Gonna... Now you're stepping into the light. <laughs> uh, it'll be a one-time special, hopefully, man. Are you good, Pamela? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm great, bro. And we have a lot to get done today. Man. Yeah. We have the stacking of my main man, the special one, is now the gone one, as he is relegated <laughs> from the other job. But now nah, he's living his best life. And also, we have possibly the biggest news to hit European football of mm. a breakaway Super League. So we're going to get down into that. But I want to start us back home. Let us start very much with our boys, the Varsity Shield. Mm. KZN, local boys, I actually attended that university. Mm. <laughs> it was shout a out. Time, but Shout out to the MPs. No, shout out to, to the MPs. I was there, UW. UW, fam. You be dubs. But yeah, so UKZN was in the Varsity Shield and they are currently fourth on the log. So they are in that semi-final position, hopefully heading into a possible playoff to get into the Varsity Cup. But they lost their previous two fixtures. They mm -hmm. lost 31-32 um, they uh, to WCU and mm -hmm. they lost to TUT 3-21. But they are still in fourth place and they're facing... The whipping boys, yeah. <laughs> the Arsenal, <Hogan. laughs> the whipping boys of the Varsity Shield, uh, DUT, who in their previous fixtures have conceded 136 points and Damn. 106 points. Damn. So hopefully our KZN boys can make it a double three, uh, a triple 300 and, <laughs> and, and take it to them. But yeah. Oh, why you gotta yeah, do them yeah. like that, man? Why you gotta do them like that? DUT, we no, see you out there. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Like, I mean, they have a hundred. Woo! That's too much smoke. That's too much smoke. I mean, the last time I, I caught it, not even in my own personal school rugby career that I catch that many L's in my life. I gave a school close to a hundred and they had to cut the game short, but I've never, two weeks back to back, a hundred. Um, I got to say to them, retire now. Just start drinking now. <laughs> Over the age of 18. Oh, so it's a video. <laughs> Only no, So then for me, it's looking really good. Uh, there were no Varsity Cup games this week, but uh, uh, the top four clash of Tux versus Martins is happening mm. in the following week. So we'll analyze that game and I'll see my boy Xander Duplessis take mm. it home for Tux because I'm calling Tux for the mm. W. But Truly a game of the buggers. Hmm? It's truly the game of the buggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It truly is. It's 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 a it's a game for everybody else. But um, also not only in local rugby, but we have to speak about overseas because mm. in New Zealand, Damien McKenzie is tearing it up. 
in the past two games, he has taken the Cheetahs um, to victory with a last-minute kick up against the Blues, where they won 15-13, and up against the mighty Crusaders, 25-26. Damn. So Damien is looking, looking like a sharp player, and for me, he's been unlucky because he's had Burden Barrett, he's had Israel mm. Dagg, He's had a lot of competition for his positions, yeah. but... But I don't want to call it too soon. I don't want to be calling him the next 10. Oh, no. I'll, I'll, maybe not 10, but also 15. Like, you know, you can break in. But I think Damon McKenzie is that impact player that can change the game, which I think uh, rugby's missing. Like, obviously, we haven't had international rugby in a while, so we actually yeah. don't know how all the teams actually look or shape up, but... I'm 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 on team Damien, fam. I'm on team Damien. But I can, mm, I can definitely see the atmosphere <laughs> definitely opening up again in New Zealand. I mean, you know, the crowds. Rugby is like normal for them again, and I mean, obviously, uh, it's a leading factor of that country in terms of from a from a tourism point of view. But just to see them having fans back at the stadium, playing in high pressure stakes games. Very competitive rugby. Yes, I mean, I, I almost wanted to pack my bags and move to New Zealand uh, to get that kind of entertainment <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, no, right. Like, it, it's always very weird watching it. Like, you forget that, like, COVID's a thing. Like, mm. I'm like, but they're standing so close together. Like, mm. why? How, how, how is that allowed to happen again? So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the ball. I'd love to feel the vibes. Mm. But wait, so I think, wait, I have, I have breaking news. What? through uh, <laughs> yeah i have breaking news from from from, from school at the at the shark space conference <laughs> yeah, the the news, right um, yeah no no so spoon and Cousin has been signed to rock nation he's a, a, another player that has been signed from the slew of sharks players that have been signed to rock nation so i've got to say doo -doo -doo -doo. come the on come on i mean i'm gonna lie to you spoon Cousin, shout out to you bro You've had a fantastic ride at the shock so far. Your World Cup performance has been nothing but still world class performances. And to get that special shout out from DJ Khaled, another one. We the best. I know. I mean, come on, come on. What more do you need? What more of a welcome do you need to the Rock Nation Club? What more? Uh, yeah. no, what no, more no. do you um, need, man? But shout out to Rock Nation for doing yeah, that. No. I, think, I think it's very important. I think from a strategy point of view, in terms of like, uh, they're taking Israeli investments uh, of rugby uh, quite seriously. I mean, we knew about the big news of signing the Sharks, the bringing of Sia Kulusi over. There's some other speculations of other possible players. I don't want to be saying them now, but hopefully if they get the paperwork done right, they might come through. Maybe Spoon must give some insights when he comes back next week. But I think this move in getting Spoon Kosi for his own personal career is definitely the right move. I think especially with a lot of the black players in the South African Rugby Union, hardly of them actually take the opportunity to, to look elsewhere outside of, uh, outside of Australia, uh, South Africa from a rugby career point of view. A lot of them, especially World Cup winners, usually stay behind and uh, while everyone else goes and flourishes and play. We, we know that uh, um, Mbimpi uh, just came back from uh, uh, China, uh, Japan, sorry. Japan. Uh, Japan. And then he's one of the first players to go and play uh, rugby at, a inter uh, at another international level post-World Cup uh, uh, victory. Mm, yeah, so no, I think... No. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Because like, like you were saying, because like, like 
it's very interesting type of thing because like you were saying, like then Rock Nation only signed the Sharks, but they're also like signing certain players towards Rock Nation, mm. which I think it's 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 I think it's showing us very much how not only are the club a brand, but certain players are certain brands as well. So yeah. I think it's it's something that I think that all players should realize that they're like the one club man, you know, the Steven Gerrards of this world. Yeah. <laughs> the one club hot on my sleeve, like rugby or sport in general is starting to become like a, 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 a market, you know, like a power mm. play of... And competitive, of, of, like of, in a normal economy. Very competitive yeah, in a normal sure. economy. It's just business. Yeah. I mean, supply and demand. I think when, you, when you've got a high value player and a high profile player, uh, it's it's important for one's personal brand to be able to capitalize on that. I mean, we chatted about it in the past how Siakulis is more than just a sportsman. He's a man off the field. He's he's a guy who's building a rugby field in his hometown. He's a family man. He's a he's the golden boy of South Africa of a, of a typical South African. And I mean, those kind of responsibilities are are, are not one to, to be taken lightly. I think in the world of sports, I think. And that's what has been missing for the sports maybe in the last decade or so. I think that evolution, I mean, we used to look at our heroes back in the day of like uh, uh, George Gregan in Australia. I mean, that guy was a exceptional player for the Australian teams. Uh, we looked at Francois Pino uh, as, as, as a symbolic relationship with uh, Nelson Mandela, the 95 World Cup. So it just goes to show that these things ebbed and flow. And I, I mean, John Smith, even when he won the World Cup, how symbolic that was. Uh, from a, na- uh, from a nation building perspective, I think uh, we've covered this uh, uh, a handful of times, but I would like to just reiterate that point of, uh, this is good to see that uh, that our high value players are, 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 are taking on those responsibilities to, to, to evolve their brands. Yeah, yeah, brand. and also like, yeah, yeah, and also realize that like, not there's more to the game, like, you know, yeah. like, their bodies can only take getting new bolted so many times. Like, <laughs> so they need to, they need to, they need to, they need to like think of like yeah, formalizing a brand and finding out what they can do. Do they want to go into commentary? Mm-hmm. Do they want to help the community? And I think that uh, like signing to like a personal brand management mm-hmm. organization helps you create those moves a lot easier because then mm-hmm. everyone knows that it's who you know, not what you know. So I think that it will definitely uh, help them in the future. And speaking of, because you're saying about like how a lot of black players leave and come back um, or don't leave, someone that left and has come back is Johan Husni. Ah, yeah, the homeboy fam, like the, 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 the returning, the prodigal son as you would, as he has returned from uh, playing in Montpellier in France. I think that is. Yeah, top team. Um, so yeah, no, he always had a very bright young. Springbok's uh, career when he was in his early 20s. Uh, he got 13 caps, he got mm. 25 uh, points for Springboks. And yeah, at the tender age of 28, he's returning to the Blue Bulls to mm. give Jake White more Arsenal at Faha, you know, to give mm. Monet Day some competition. And mm. for me, I think that this is uh, this is sort of being a good move. Like you're starting to see a lot of the South African uh, foreign players returning back to South Africa to play. Yeah, I think, as you said, the prodigal son returning, I feel like he's got some unfinished business. I mean, you just mentioned that he's got 13 captures in Africa with 25 points. That's just another guy who, who left too soon. 
And obviously you went to go pursue his own personal career from a, from a club level, but has really unfinished business with the South African Rugby Union. And I think this kind of return, signing with the Blue Bulls, is definitely something that is good for him. Uh, and also just to, to come home. I think people can get homesick a lot of the time uh, playing overseas. We've seen it a bunch of players. Francois Stein was another player. Went after another World Cup success uh, in 2007. Uh, had a flourishing career. I mean, we saw that halfway boot kick that he did it in, in France uh, that trended all over the all over the internet. And it got to a point where he was like, okay, dude, I'm more of a mature player. I've seen the world. I've done the things that I would like to have done in my early 20s. Or while I still got this time left in my 20s, because uh, you know the lifespan of a rugby career player is usually up until 30. And as a backline player, it's very seldom that they actually make it past 30. It's only very few. Most likely the forwards yeah, yeah, stay yeah. longer than the, the backline players. And so uh, the return of uh, Jan Hussein uh, tackling on unfinished business with South Africa in rugby, I think this is it's going to be in, in, it's interesting to see what he's able to do at the Blue Bulls. Yeah, I know, definitely. And I agree. Like, I think, especially with, like, uh, obviously COVID and COVID protocols, like, you're seeing the new Springbok coach, he's having, a, like, I think two weeks later, some alignment camps where he met yeah. with all the local players. And I think he told them uh, what he's expecting from each position and, and how mm. they can get themselves into Springbok thickening. So I definitely think in this uh, post uh, panoramic world of COVID, mm. um, I definitely think that. Being in South Africa is going to help a lot towards getting selected because mm. the traveling of getting there and back is going to become very difficult. So I yeah. definitely think he's adding a lot of depth to a position that I think needs it. Mm. And I'm really excited to see what he can do for the Springboks. Yeah, and I think also yeah. just to just to add on to that, I think uh, um, him coming back, is he's not like he's losing anything and what he's gained from earning in Europe because... Our South African teams are currently in limbo with regards to the Rainbow Cup. And so it's not like he's gonna not going to be back in England anytime soon. But I think uh, from, a, from a career and a selection point of view, I think this is a very good move and a wise move on his part. No yeah, South African wants to spend that much time overseas. And I don't care who you are. <laughs> Unless you're talking you about foreign women, uh, like if you were to no. speak about foreign women. So foreign um, women, you can go all day, man. I don't even think we have enough time to go about foreign women, but yeah. yeah. But if this is a sports show, this is not this is not Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, no. So yeah. So speaking about more local sports, I'm going to shift it to the this time of the PSL. Um, Orlando Pirates. Yeah, no, Orlando Pirates are the probably the most frustrating team to support. Um, I really, I really am frustrated supporting Orlando Pirates because they started mm. with getting absolutely demolished 4-1 by Mamelodi Sundowns. Mm. And if you watch that game, you literally Sundowns were unplayable. They were absolutely just on another level of, 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 of football. And I'm like, this is why they are probably one of Africa's greatest coaches, mm. greatest team. Mm. And then Pirates go from that to then couple of days later, beating Marysburg College, do you know? I mean, Marysburg United College. Why am I mm. still in high school? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to go there, my boy? Did you want to go to Marysburg College? 
Hey, nah, nah, nah. I was good. Hey, Mary's Burger is too dry, man. There's nothing that happened. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but shout yeah. out to everyone. But yeah, no, so Mary's Burger, that's it. Uh, Pirates people to know. And I think for the Pirates team going forward, I definitely think that we're starting to see a lot of local coaches starting to rise up in the mm. Amazulu and Golden Arrows ranks. Yeah. And Pirates are still going the route now of getting foreign coaches. And I think mm. that possibly we're starting to learn that maybe that is not um, the way forward. Um, mm. I don't know why South Africans can't trust their own, but <laughs> I, I think that it's not looking like it's, it's, it's the way forward because mm. even in that Pirates victory against Marysburg ah, United, mm -hmm. like, you're not seeing a, 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 a spine of a team. Like you think Tulani Petrayo, experience a fun of a fun of defender that you would think that yo he'd be that rock at the back he'd be the Vincent mm. company the Virgil van Dyke but he makes just as many mistakes right, as Chris Smalling or Phil Jones right? like mm. he's not like he's not the experienced player you thought that you were getting affording goals for me I think that keeper makes keeping look difficult he mm. makes everything look like it's a challenge and there's just, aside from Ben in the midfield, there's no midfield, there's no one up front. The mm. only player that actually wants to play is Vincent Pule. He's the only player, he is the only one on the left, but he is the only player. If Vincent doesn't rock up, Paris don't rock up. And I think mm. Paris have spent too much money. They have mm. like to be reliant on one player. So I'm really yeah. concerned about Paris going forward, but also Sundowns because Sundowns obviously ripped them, but then mm. Sundown showed us that he, the mighty, can fall. Mm. <laughs> no, I think lost. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you you, you definitely are, are speaking the truth here, my brother. And I think one thing I want to point out is that um, that the brand of an organization doesn't carry a team forward, but it's through hard work. Mm. Hard work is clearly yeah. what has been missing here with the Pirates organization. And I mean, as he's been mentioning, they've been going bumper to bumper, winning and losing, winning and like there's no sense of direction, there's no sense of commitment, there's no sense of vision. And I think that is where they're gonna fall short in the long term. And I think this is this is just the start of possibly a Kaiser Chief kind of situation where where mm. it's about money, it's about show voting, it's about trying to sign players, but when you don't have a vision from a management point of view, from a player's investment point of view, uh, the blind are leading the blind here, clearly, as, as the case yeah, here. Yeah. And so yeah. it, 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 it's definitely, I mean, don't have a right to Sundown. I mean, Sundown has been a very consistent team in, uh, in the DSTV Premiership or in the PSL in general uh, for a long time. I mean, obviously, with a couple of investments and a lot of uh, tactical changes with coaching and, and the right uh, formation of. The, the right team together, they've been able to use their players that they've been able to groom and cultivate and, and get them at, at a high performing level. I mean, season after season, we've seen uh, Sundowns come in the top four or five uh, for the last maybe three years, three or four, four, three, four, four, uh, three or four years. And so this was an opportunity maybe that they've seen since COVID has started, like this is the year to make their mark and solidify themselves as a thought leader in the, in the PSL. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And yeah, and you said that about being a thought leader in the PSL because we have a capable PSL and Hulu, uh, David and Goliath, one versus two, 
are trying to pull back Sundowns to 6.3. Um, so it's going to be a really great game. And I genuinely feel like it's going to take us to, 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 to the next level. Because I genuinely believe that um, I genuinely believe that Amuzulu are looking like a team that 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 can flourish. Like you know, they have a good coaching structure, they have a hard work ethic, and I would love to see what they can do against like a a a, a center. So that is yeah. a big game coming. That's going to be the new derby. I mean, the derby of the coast. I think. Um, I mean, Sandile Zungu, we know, has expressed his determination of making the Amazon organization one of a top uh, priority. And so it's, it's very important for people to understand that Amazon are not here to play games, right? Uh, they want to <laughs> win. They want to get trophies. They've got a, a wealthy businessman who's from KZN, invested in the, in, in the, in the organization. And he's not, he's not afraid to like, get his hands dirty. And so... When you have that kind of involvement, that hands-on uh, approach, and not to say that we, we are micromanaging or anything of that nature, but what we're saying is that, that it's important when, you're, when the owner of the organization is not just sitting in a box sipping the, the high-end whiskeys and smoking the fanciest cigars, but is really much invested in the community of football from the ground roots level to, 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 the, to the professional first team. And so... We've seen they've got good uh, partners with Spa uh, coming through on board who have been loyal with them, uh, which is also another Durban-based organization. And so these elements that we take for granted do play a critical role in terms of uh, being one-minded and going into one direction. And so no, excuse the pun with the band, that doesn't work enough. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but really charting forward into trying to become a, a, a top, uh, top team. Um, as we mentioned last week, they were in 10th place in December. This was four months ago, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and now they are a serious contender. And possibly, uh, we'll see how these next few games go, which are very critical for the Sundowns team because they've cupped all the other easy teams. But when it comes to the, the neck to neck, they, they're facing the top four teams. And so hopefully with the right morale and the right boost, um, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Amazon to pull this off. Uh, I really think they can pull it off. I think uh, Sundowns has got a lot of their hands. I mean, they've definitely got their morale up to scratch. And they, but I think the difference between the two organizations is that remember that uh, Sundowns is still competing on the African continent, whereas Amazon uh, is one-track uh, one, um, one minded. So I'm rooting for Amazon in this. I, I, I honestly believe that they're going to, they can really so, uh, Penny all the way, 18 in the area. <laughs> no, no, I, I really liked how you said how Sandile as knows exactly what he needed to do. Like, he would focus to get local chips in the community. And it's showing, like, like you said, like, he knows that there's more to a football. Uh, he's even different two local deals to like also enhance the community that we currently um, like resides in. So I think that that's very important from a top uh, CEO executive of a football club. So though you've got as rich as the Sundowns, the Chiefs mm. and the Pirates, he can still compete at their level because mm. he knows how to run an efficient uh, business if you yeah. call it the business. 
But yeah, speaking of, because we're hitting where the drama about business is going, but before we get to there, let's actually discuss some actual football. Um, okay. So Talk to in me. Europe, um, <laughs> in Europe, there's, there's a Champions League semi-final patent pending. <laughs> there's a football, yeah, so it's, it's under scrutiny, but for now, there's a UEFA Champions League semi-final where we have uh, the battle of uh, of the Arab billionaires. So we're going to have PSG <laughs> up against Arab money, City. come on, boy, talk to me. Talk to me, talk to me. Hey, what come to me, oil money, fam. That's the real money, fam. Oil yeah, money, which which ones? Um, but uh, so that is... Shout out to all the Muslims out there that are in Ramadan at the moment. Sorry about that. We with you, prayers, and we appreciate you that Oh yeah, there is. so definitely, yeah. So it is the battle of oil money, and yeah, I think it's going to be very, it's going to be a very tough um, situation because I think Man City's as a team are looking very shaky because I think they're trying to compete on all fronts, mm. and it's showcased with them getting knocked out of the FA Cup uh, this past weekend against Chelsea that yeah. they haven't quite found out what the correct balance is in order to get results while resting the correct players to mm. to and, and they're not looking like they're not looking at the dominant team that they have been been so far. And I think mm. playing in these four competitions are really starting to affect them. Yeah. I definitely look at uh, as a city fan, uh, I don't really say this much often, but uh, you that's why you'll see the content be a lot more biased in the other episodes because me as a city fan. Yeah. But I would definitely say that this lot, these last two weeks have been very troubling from a morale standpoint uh, for the city organization because a we had the announcement of uh, Sergio Aguero resigning or retiring at the time at uh, thingy. We've just incurred an injury uh, with uh, De Bruyne with his ankle uh, or cough. I mean, he's get that factual correct, but and so he's a, a very critical player to, to that organization and that team. And, and also to juggle three, three leagues, who are, which are all concluding around the same time, is beyond me. It's beyond me. I think, I think it would have been nice as a fan. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. As a fan, it would be magnificent uh, to to see City uh, own the Premier League, own FA Cup, uh, own. Uh, the Champions League, but we always know that when it comes to English football, the FA Cup and and the Champions League, as much as people like to crap on or the, uh, the uh, what's it uh, put down the FA Cup, it's such an important cup to the league uh, from an English reputation point of view, and people stand proudly around winning that kind of cup, and so it's always a conflict of interest when when a team tries to tackle on both and they end up having to choose one. Obviously, they try to lead towards the UEFA because the stakes are more bigger there. But from a reputation and a bragging rights point of view, from a silverware point of view as well, FA Cup, don't ever sleep on that tournament, guys. It's it's yeah. hard. It's hard. It's not an easy, it's not an easy uh, oh, no. challenge to take on. Oh, no, no. Yeah, like the FA Cup history is like, like it's, it, it's embedded in like the English community. Like mm. it's something that is like the thing, it, it's the ultimate like, like David versus Goliath, you know, and mm. for us it's the Net Bank Cup. Like, you know, yeah. you're gonna get like the 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 Sunday league team 
out there that gets the gold play against Mamelodi Sundowns. Like, yeah. it's that David versus Goliath, the whole, the yeah. hard worker that loves, like, Hungry football, hungry football, because yeah. as much as people like to think, ah, oh, it's all nice and fun-hearted in the beginning stages, but once it gets to those group knockout rounds, boy, 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 it is tough out there. Because yeah. also throwing in the mix of international friendlies, FA Cup, it's tricky. It's tricky to prioritize. And, and I think it's, I'm yet to see a manager, okay, besides Aston Wenger, uh, who's, who's, who's prominently known for winning the FA Cup a lot of times, but I'm yet to see another manager who can present with me with a plan on how to win the FA Cup and still prioritize another league. Yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's not, yeah, you know, like, I think Pep does it the best, like, he does get to semifinals and finals a lot. But yeah, it's 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 just it's just not that easy, especially with the amount of football that they're playing. Yeah. Like it's very hard to prioritize, and I think they prioritize sort of the money of the Champions League, yeah. um, to, rather than this game. Because yeah, like the Gundogan wasn't playing. Like there were some a lot of John Stones, a lot of key players, Edison Le mm. a lot of key players weren't playing in this FA Cup game. Hopefully that they can rest with important so that they can try and still wrap up the Premier League and go forth in the Champions League. And then the last championship has a Madrid are currently in a slump, but hey, but in a two in, in a two-game semi-final, anything can happen. I really yeah. don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm excited to see what is gonna transpire. Yeah. Just like I'm excited. I think, I think the, we can officially say at the moment, in this moment in time, after the news that is broken out, before we get into that, I don't even want to ruin that. Yeah, yeah. The UEFA Champions League is on a timeout, on an emotional break, <laughs> where they're like in a relationship and like, I just need my space. And so, yeah. To be able to determine the outcome of this tournament, it will be unfair and it will be almost damn near arrogant to be able to dictate to say, no, this team is going to win, that team is going to win. Because you really don't know what's going to happen, I think, when we get into that next point. But I would like to think that at least an English, one English team needs to be able to be in the finals. If I can also that, yeah. for me personally, uh, I'm backing my boy City on that. Um, it'll be a nice uh, way to end up a nice, beautiful year for the sport. But um, with the morale at Liverpool, uh, we've talking about Jurgen Klopp and, and some of the players and, and how they're happening from a morale point of view and how that's reflecting on the performance in the field. It's going to be, it's going to take a lot. It really is going to take a lot to see uh, what Liverpool Liverpool uh, man, yeah, man, it's, it's, let me just open up the fixtures here. Wow, got you on the line here. Uh, but what I can say is that uh, what I oh so what I can say is that is that PSG their confidence are definitely up. So it's definitely going to be a challenging game for PSG. That game is definitely not going to be an easy one. Real Madrid and Chelsea. I mean, it's, we might hate me for this, but I mean, it seems kind of like. 
uh, almost laid out. Um, but what, what I will say is that teams can always throw off Real Madrid at these stages of the tournament. And it comes down to how they really do in the first game because if, if Real Madrid can dominate and have a 3-1 uh, aggregate or 3 no aggregate, going into the second game on the 5th of May, easy breezy, they're there in the final. But if Chelsea either draws this fixture or lose 2-1, uh, best believe the spice and the sauce that's going to happen on the 5th of May. Ah, boy, crazy. <laughs> because yeah, yeah, you, you, you challenge your ancestors, you are challenged to throw <laughs> your Hail Marys, because <laughs> anything can happen at that point. Anything. Yeah, that, uh, I, man, I just think just because Real Madrid are also in like a three way title race for their domestic championship, I think that Chelsea are in a race for top four. I think it's going to be very easy. Like very, uh, like I want to see how the managers approach the Premier League and the La Liga, and how they approach Champions League because they're competing for something on both fronts. So I think that how the managers, I think the managers are going to be the kicker. How each manager balances those two things because I think both teams aren't on the best form. So whoever manages the two, uh, the two competitions the best. Is, 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 is going to be the winner. So it's all on the managers this time. But something that's not on the whole of the managers, which they seem to be us, is the biggest news to happen in at least my football, like since I've been alive in football, mm. um, is this emergent. So I know that it's going to be very complicated to explain. So I'm going to try my best. Please, please. So there are a conglomerate or a consortium of some kind. The Illuminati. Of 15 teams that talk at the moment. Yeah, Illuminati. Cool. So the Illuminati are just playing. <laughs> go ahead, so Tom, go ahead. Are, and, 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 So there are 12 teams at the moment, mm. but they want it to be 15. So it's a very complicated. There's six English Premier League teams, those being the two Manchester clubs, Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, Liverpool and Tottenham. Mm. And then there are three teams from Spain, the two Real Madrid clubs, Atletico, Real, and Barcelona, Juventus, the two Milan clubs, AC and Inter. So these 12 teams want to now not compete in the Champions League, but create an own separate mini league where they're going to bring invite three other founding teams and then five other teams just in jail. So what they want to do is have midweek fixtures where they can purposely privatize and sell their soccer product mm. to the masses for a higher fee, circumventing UEFA, FIFA, and the leagues in general. That, so that's, everyone's like, hey, what? Yeah. So that is crazy. That, that is crazy. That is just crazy, bro. And what are they calling it? They're yeah. calling it? The UEFA Super League. The European Super League. European Super yeah. League. So that's the, the working title that they're going with at the moment. Yes. And so so just talk to me, my friend. Like, like yeah. why were they just because it's not like it doesn't seem like an idea that they just woke up yesterday was like, you know, it'd be a good idea if we had a, an elite team of players 
uh, soccer teams from Europe competing against each other for billions and trillions of dollars or euros. Yeah. No, so no, talk no, to me like, about and, how this, and, how this come to be. I'm there for you. No, no, and, and how it came to be is, and that's, you have to look at the, the, the football structures. Like, I'll, I'll be honest and say that having American owners for a lot of these clubs, because this is a very American like uh, privatization type of mm. capitalism mentality. Yeah. So how this came to be, because if you if you ever want to do something, go and watch the comments made by the Real Madrid uh, president Florentino Perez. Mm. But how he said it is, he believes that these twelve or fifteen teams are what football is. He believes that they are uh, the marketable <clears throat> brand of football. So okay. he says, and this is what he says, and that's how you know it's rubbish. He says, to save football, to make football more accessible to the people, we need more competition, where it needs more elite competition. But that's utter nonsense. <laughs> it's because yeah, it's nonsense. That's his, his, his mandate, and that's what he's saying. Okay. He's saying that the football public needs to see more elite games playing each other. So he wants to bring forth all these elite teams to form their own superpower, tournament of power, competition, mm. completely axing out the entire community that football has created. But Tim, let me stop you right there. Let me yeah. stop you right there, my friend. But isn't that the point of competition? To get the best of the best competing with the best at the highest levels where the stakes are high enough to warrant the reward. Because I mean, we look at UFC, we look at uh, golf, we look at tennis. We know that in these sports that there are certain tournaments and there's particular venues in which these tournaments are held place where the respect is a lot more higher and garnered as opposed to other places in, in, in other leagues. I mean, for instance, the Australian Open, big tournament in tennis. US Open, big tournament in the US. Uh, when it comes to golf, the Masters uh, is a big tournament. Um, what else? In the UFC, we know that the main card is what matters. That's what sells the tickets. That's what gets the advertisers <laughs> on board. So... <clears throat> Me, I mean, we had a debate two weeks ago about having the best of the best compete at each other and remove all the nonsense, all the rubbish, all the jajara agents out the way and allow for the best of the best to compete. And you guys were like, nah, yeah. nah, nah, nah. You couldn't be a... There's no such no, thing no. as a third place trophy. There's no such thing as a third place trophy <laughs> or even second place. No, no. And, and I love how you and I love how you mentioned that. No, no, because that's where the issue resides, is the fact of there's no competition here. You know what I'm but saying? Terms, you we're said, taking you the said best the of the best. We're taking the best of the best yes. from each league. We know that but in Germany makes them the and best? so no, no. so when it comes to football, there's what... only really two teams that can really, really produce high quality performances. Uh, and it's and it and they fluctuate, so it's not even that they're consistent. They're very volatile in terms of who's the number one team in Germany, 
We know that in Portugal, it's a waste of time. Uh, France, yeah, maybe, maybe we can check. Maybe we can tell one or two things. Uh, what other European countries can I name from the top of my head? But we know that England, Italy, Spain, football, not soccer, football. Good quality football <laughs> resides in these countries. And so they obviously deserve to be, be able to no, no, take away then, from the, the rest of the herd. Yeah, no, but this is why, I, and this is where I have issues. Like, it's like saying, because what makes them the best? And that's where we're getting to. If there was a ranking system in boxing, there is a ranking system of who you are this heavyweight, you have beaten this challenger, so you can fight this champion. And this tournament is negating that because the 15 members can never get relegated. So as we're saying, competition, best of the best. There's not this is the best of the best. Arsenal are sitting 11th in the Premier League. They can't even come in the top in their own country, but they are Europeans' best. AC Milan haven't seen the Champions in five years, but they are the best of the best. It's not the best of best. This is just money people being greedy, which is a literal thing. Because if you look at all of these best of the best, more than half of them are in huge amounts of debt because of reckless spending, not because of the pandemic. But they're doing it for the fans, Tibbs. They're doing this for the fans. They're doing it for the get the best players. They're doing it for the fans. It's for you guys. I don't understand, guys. Help me. Help me understand this. No, like, if I'm okay, spending this, money, this is a business saying that says you got to spend money to make money. I've never yes. heard that. I've heard that so many times, and I kind of understand it. I'm not saying people must get into debt. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is that in business, because now we have to look at it from a business point of view, it takes yeah. money to make money. If you don't have the right investors, you got to take chances. And we've seen the kind of plays that these transactions that, that these teams have used the money to try and attract to help grow their brand and the recognition of them. That's why they even considered in those things. Because if they never spent the money, then they wouldn't have been considered as a top tier team to begin with. Like, I'm not excusing the debts. Don't get me wrong. I am not excusing the debts. But what I am saying is this. The money had to work somehow. They needed money. Yeah. They found a solution and it's working out. So, okay, relegation. Yeah, but look, I mean, I understand it's a fight for the whatever. It's also the fight at the bottom, but no one goes, no one watches the under nine A team or the under nine D team play. We all stay at school to watch the first team, right? <laughs> no one watches the 10th place person. We all watch, not even Super Sports covers those tournaments and those fixtures. I mean, we're talking about the, the Varsity Shield, where the UK Zealand team lost. Where was that coverage? Where was on Twitter? What? <laughs> what is that? So money is very important in the world of football because the shock value and the revenue that is used to to give these these players this lavish lifestyle. And, and, and for me, I'm I'm quite disappointed that some of these old players are suddenly ungrateful because they made lots of money. Where do you think a lot of money comes from? <laughs> Where do you think they come from? I know. 
It takes money. No, no, and the thing money. is, the thing is, listen, the thing is, I think the issue is, the issue isn't the league because, like you said, you have to make money. It's how they went about this. That's okay. the issue. Because all of these clubs had issues with how, because they were all in debt, because they've all done reckless spending. But now to just create a whole mini league, you completely like, yeah, we've been reckless, but instead of trying to fix our reckless spending, we're just going to cut out the middleman, which is the Champions League and everything. Ah, you sound like that so, ugly guy who just predicted by the hot girl. You guys are like the ugly exactly. guy who just predicted by the hot girl. If you want hot, get yeah. some abs, get a six pack, work on your facial, <laughs> shave, look good. But then, ah, you kind of, but then you kind of also, sound like you, you're the ugly what, guy what, getting rich on the hot girl. No, but like like you were saying, it's like cool. Like you're saying with the first team idea, what yeah. you're doing is they're taking away the opportunity of now playing as a, as a country because these yeah. six teams create revenue for the other fourteen teams. To yeah. be honest, yeah. so that's they they come as a package deal, which is why they all sign under UEFA. They all follow the FIFA UEFA regulations of there's a pyramid of cool. When you're in the championship, if you get promoted, you get 200 million, and then mm. if you get relegated, you get a parachute payment of 20 million to to for your imaging rights because they're going to play your league and stuff. So sure. now you you've created a system. Yeah. Now is the system flawed? Which is what everyone's on about. Yes, the system is flawed. It's not flawed, but it's now, corrupt. That's a different thing. But and that's where I feel like a lot of people are taking it personally because their pie was getting thinner and thinner, and someone made another pie where the slices are thicker. And so they're not satisfied with what's on their plate, and so they're now going to complain about someone else's plate. And I don't think that's right. <laughs> that is not fair. I think the my thing, the issue is these football clubs are like we were saying with when we were discussing our previous things hmm. from uh, Sanjila, Zungo and stuff. These are all like rich clubs that have been managed poorly hmm. and now they're using this Super League as a get out of jail pre-card. And that's where I'm saying you're robbing the passion of the game. But also because you forget like Man City or East Manchester has created grassroots football. It's mm. created a women's league. They have mm. been involved in helping out their community, which mm. then gives them more exposure to now the female game is a lot bigger. So mm. they're an important fabric of growing the actual English product, which mm. this isn't going to do. This is going to grow one person's pocket because they, the prize money is triple mm. in the Champions League and the Premier League and all of that. And that's where the situation comes. Of they are using the fact we've been saying about football and, and clubs and players being brands. The mm. fact that Marcus Rashford as one player took on the entire uh, UK government and fought by himself to feed hundreds of thousands of kids that weren't getting fed. Sure. That he can't like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they these clubs are, are, are pillars within their community. And yeah. they are helping to benefit their community. I'm not saying the Super League is wrong. I'm yeah. saying how it's being proposed in its current format yeah. is wrong. Because yes, there is money. Like you said, there are four masters. It's mm. not like so then I have four have 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 
have two, have four two weekly tournaments. We come, mm. we play these teams. I'm not saying the European Super League is wrong, but in its current format, it's only benefiting 15 people that there are over 200 clubs in UEFA that sure. need the money to be spread around. Yeah. It's basically the rich are getting richer and the poor have to basically feed off of the scraps that they choose to sure. give them. But the only no. reason why the rich are poor is because they were reckless. So that's my thing. If you want to frame this as a money grab, don't frame it as a saving football. It's one thing I would concede on, one thing I would definitely would concede on is the ability to, to allow an underdog story to occur in football. I mean, we've seen it with Leicester City, we've seen it with Hull City, who came into the Premier League, never necessarily won and took it to the level where Leicester City did it, but they were a, a top four contender when they first were introduced to the Premier League. And so these structures that were in place were there for, to allow for such occurrences to occur. Uh, and so I can definitely concede on that point. But what I will tie it up and say is that creating another league is not a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. But in this particular case, I can 100% agree with you, and I think you've slowly convinced me. I'm not quite 100% sold, but I can definitely agree with the the. The, the elements of what it does to the fans. And I think uh, we've, we've seen during the course of the day how certain fans have literally gone out to, to the football teams and organizations and saying, how could you do this? How could you betray us? You're supposed to engage with us. And I think that's where the, the level of uh, management and the general community uh, often clash in any organization. It doesn't matter if it's a charitable one or a business one or even an entertainment one. Uh, in, in any form of transaction, that's always going to be a clash between the higher ups and, and, the, and the large majority of the lower earning people. And so uh, we'll have to just see and wait to, what, to see what happens. Yeah, no. So in my I know there've been threats. I know there've been threats already. I know there've been threats already, but yeah. I have to leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, in my conclusion, I agree. I don't think uh, a European Super League is an issue because everybody is running to be made, make it. How it's being approached and how it's being like done currently mm. is wrong because now we have two sides of the table. Mm. The UEFA are trying to sanction people, take away people. Because think about it, they still, if City win, they're yeah. still going to take that 100 million from UEFA and yeah. then form their own league. So, <laughs> yeah. how many pies are you trying to eat here? How many pies? Like, like you talked about this well, pie no, thing, but I'm like, how many do you want to eat? How many, like, how can you sit and be like, thank you for your hundred, I'm going to take it, but I'm going to take your hundred, and then I'm going to go make 300 and give nothing to you for mm. giving me that hundred. It's, sure. it's very classless and very fascist. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is, it's getting very heated on both sides, and I don't want like a Civil War game mm. where I'm like, a Civil War Avengers, you know, Captain America, yeah. Iron Man. All you have to do is sit down and discuss. I'm like, cool. yeah. I think all parties can agree a Super League would give more money to football. Mm. Let's find a way that, because your system now is very skewed. Mm. You need to find Question. a compromise. Yeah. Sorry, man. I, and I hear you. Yeah, that's the thing. Question. You need to find a compromise between mm. what's right and what, and like, because that's the dude needs to get money. But like, yeah. you need to 
good to be a discussion. So I think both sides are lowering up because as soon as that one shoots a shot, whoo, mm. it's going to be anarchy back. Yeah. Look, I, I heard and I read online that should the teams proceed to go uh, in this particular manner in this direction that we've spoken about, the UEFA Champions League is looking at then taking the top five teams from Europe instead of the top four, which, yeah. which could make things a lot more interesting because we know in the Premier League how competitive it is for that top four spot. We've spoken about it for the last three weeks about how places uh, uh, three, four, and five, and even possibly six, are, are, are almost neck to neck in terms of point differences uh, when it comes to that competitive spot. Do you think even if they resolve this matter with the UEFA considering for 2024 having five teams from each league, would that make a difference in terms of the competitiveness of the tournament? No, and that's and so why I said that. Creating a whole other group, creating a whole other group and having four teams competing against each other in, in each table. Yeah, no, and that's and that's why UEFA feels like is because they had this plan in place because they were, this was a plan that they were going to try and everybody signed off on it. They mm. know that it's going to be rolled out in 2014, I mean 2024. So I think that's the thing of, it was the snakiness. It was, they have this rollout, which is going to help more teams get exposure to money, which is going to help the, 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 the brand explode because then they're going to create 10, each team is going to play 10 games. So now they get more of the European uh, broadcasting money. They've mm. been trying to find a solution, and mm. both parties aren't correct. But mm. it's like Thanos, bruh. Yeah. This, the Super League in its current format is Thanos. So we need yeah. to squash our civil war beef, and then nah. we'll deal with that later. We'll yeah. deal because if Thanos snaps, bruh, mm. half of the English Premier League is gone. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's legit. Half of their money is gone, bruh. Yeah. Who here watches Leeds United for Leeds United? So, yeah. like, yeah. so it's a genuine thing of the Super League is not the issue. It's the current format that's being presented, and yeah. there needs to be resolution. But I think both sides need to discuss the lowering up, the getting all the, the things up. And I think this is going to be possibly like a two year like legal debate and battle. And I genuinely don't think it's going to be resolved. And I think people are going to be hurt. They're going to be hurt feelings now mm. because people are going for blood. But yeah, yeah, catching owls out here. But go ahead. But people are catching. Another person catching an owl is my favorite man, the boy, the savior, the special one is now the god one. Because <laughs> that's all he seems to do is getting set, bro. That's all he seems nah, to do. And it goes back to the other conversation that we had. I don't think people, I don't think they, especially the English Premier League, they like throwing that word sacked around and not respecting these people, right? These managers try very hard day, day in and day out to try and make this organization work. And so when you just can sack or throw away a, 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 a proven manager like that, I mean, it's, it's one thing to throw away like a David Boyer, but now you throw away the special one, like he's trash, like he's never won a Champions League, like he's never won Premier Leagues in his, in his lifetime. Nah, man, you guys need to respect him, bro. How do you sack a yeah, man? No, 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 like, 
How is that a man before the yeah, end no. of the, the tournament? It's like three games left, guys. Yeah, I know. And also, like, he's got them to the, the League Cup final. Like, they're playing a final against Man City this weekend. He got them there. Yeah. And he's getting sacked. Like, Spoo and I have been hating on Jose, but if you actually look at Jose's stats, but he's yeah. not done terribly. Like, yeah. like he's, if you look at from the time he's taken over, he's, yeah. been, he's ranked fourth in the Premier League. So yeah. he should be in the top four. Like, he's, 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 he's got them to a final, a cup final. Mm-hmm. They haven't won a, a trophy in over 10 years. Like, I feel like it is premature, but from what I've read, it's also because of the fact of Daniel Levy spent most of the budget at Gareth Bale and they haven't used him. So he's provided him with resources that he felt like Jose Mourinho hasn't utilized. Nah, fam. And I, I, and I, I know there are more bigger politics, but also that the issue is I don't think, like I said, especially in the panoramic fam, like yeah. I don't know if because Spurs think they're going to get this money, they can make reckless decisions like this. Because yeah. this is an expensive, this is an expensive second because he signed a, a, a yeah. contract. Like I think him alone, he gets a 20 million package deal yeah. just to sail away. To get his full coaching staff, nothing. Yeah. So you're adding another 10 million then. So this is the reason why I also have a thing with the situation. To make reckless decisions like this, this man has made me top four. He's, he's five points off of coming forth. He has mm. gotten you to a final. Like, yeah. he's not been the most prolific, but, he, but like, he's done something in a pandemic that's not easy for anybody. Like, but then you're just going to be like, yeah, I'll part the 20 million to make Ryan Mason, the reserve team coaches coach their games, coach mm. to the end of the season. That's yeah. just poor management. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what I'm like, that's why I don't want the Super League in the format is because make dumb decisions like this and you're like, but you broke. I'm like, what do you mean? But you broke. Bruh. Of course you broke. So my thing is that um, I may not have this accurately corrected, but this might be in Jose Mourinho's coaching career or management career, the shortest stint he's ever had with an organization. 18 months. Yeah, yeah. 18 months, yeah, yeah. my friend. We can't even count last year. We can't even count last year because it was COVID. Yeah. So a man is hypothetically, if I calculate and do the maths, has only been working for probably 10 months at best. Yeah. Because from March to December, uh, March to October, bro, there was nothing happening. No one was doing anything. Yeah. Anything, man. So you're gonna fire a man just over of ten months worth of work. That's when you sign a three-year contract. I'm like, maybe you to blame. Why did you like? And that's what I said, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't agree with. That's I said, I don't agree with it. There's no manager in the world, and there will never be a manager except for Benny McCarthy that can turn around a team <laughs> within a year. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, and with Benny McCarthy, we haven't seen consistency. Like yeah. we've only seen maybe they're just in really good form. Like yeah. oh, I'm really going to be the same next season. Yeah. Like there's still no consistency. There isn't. Like Jurgen Klopp took five years to win the Premier League. Exactly. Even Pep took two years to win the Premier League. Yeah. I don't understand how people expect in a pandemic where you don't have money. Yeah. 
Homie is doing the best he can. He's coming top four. He's putting yeah. him in cup finals. I don't understand what they bought him for. Him. And the thing is that you must understand that Mourinho's effect to an organization needs breathing room for him to make plays. Mourinho doesn't buy players, guys. I don't know why there's a misconception of him buying all these great players. The, the reason why he brought Bale back from, from or got him from Malone and got him to, uh, to Spain was because he knows what an effect he can have to an organization like Tottenham because he was a, he was a an honorary, what do you call it? I don't want to say old boy, but yeah, he was an old boy yeah, in the organization. And so the club legend, the club legend. Yeah, club legend. And so the loyalty that you'll have will feel like will boost them. But we know that when Bell turned a uh, tear, uh, what did a uh, time at in Spain started off beautifully, but as soon yeah. as he got those injuries, he was over. Yeah. And so to to get a dead horse to kick a dead horse while it's down doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And so nah. this is why I believe it's very selfish of the owners of Tottenham Hotspur to pull a move like this, especially knowing that nah. because the reason why Chelsea fired him the second time around when he came back to Chelsea was because the time, the impatience of Chelsea at the time was, was not... I mean, I understand when Mourinho came in the early 2000s, it was a different era. We were dealing with Ferguson, we were dealing with Ashton Wenger. These were uh, managers that were entrenched within the organization, trying to build a, a winning team. And they were, at some various points, were able to deliver. Now, in this digital age of the new kids and the AMA 2000s, organizations are behaving like they, they're 12 years old. Instead of they've been around for over 60 years, 60 years, now they're behaving like they're 12 years old, running things now, 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 now. Dog. I understand there's money involved. Don't get me wrong. But you can't expect a homie to, to turn around a job in less than, in less than two years. Yana, the man's only been, um, only been done a year. Yana, I, I fully agree with you. So yeah. in the comments below, do you agree that Jose Mourinho was sacked too soon? Was he not sacked too soon? Yeah. And also put your favorite Jose Mourinho quote in. Yeah. I'll go my favorite one. He was literally like, he said, but I don't care if they have 70% possession. They can keep the ball. I will take the three points. Yeah. You, Jose, I love you, fam. You are a comic. That guy's a rock star. That guy's a rock star. If, yeah. if you don't manage in the Premier League again, bruh, be a stand-up comedian. I will yeah. go to every one of your shows. You are hilarious, my guy. But yeah, no. so back on the local foot for, mm. for cricket, Proteus, Lost the T20 series, T1, to Pakistan. I, I really, I've, I've, oh, the it's is the pink. Good. I'm telling you, my friend, it's the pink. That's, I don't even know. <laughs> Nothing else can explain this whole test, uh, ODI, and T20 series against Pakistan that we've been able to. When we're not winning pink, we don't win. It's simple as that. <laughs> it's really as simple as that. It's as simple as that. I'll be not, yeah, I think it's a pink thing and I can't even blame Markham. It's just, for me, I feel like same thing with South Africa. We have world-class players and then we have below average players. 
and that's where the issue is. I don't think there's a team. We have Rabada, Lungian Giri, and Mertel Bolas. Mm. Who else can bowl? We mm. have a couple batsmen. Who mm. else can bat? Like we don't have a team format, and I think it's the it's the yeah. I feel like we have five players that are really strong, yeah. and then that are world class, and mm. then we have five players that probably wouldn't get into any other national team except for South Africa. Mm. Well, they, can't blame, they can't blame Bavuma for this, yeah. bruh, because he wasn't the captain. So all oh, those racists yeah. out there <laughs> were saying points oh, of captains and nah, 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 nah. This is not his, this is not his avenue. It's not his jurisdiction. He handles ODIs. Yeah, he won the ODIs and he won yeah. the ODIs. <laughs> he won the ODIs. So I want to just have to go back to square one. I don't know where the other issues are, but so, I wish us the best of luck. Generally, that proposal. But change our national colors. Watch yeah. us do one. Yeah. With the approaches in particularly, especially at a, at a provincial level, is that there's not enough competitiveness across other countries with other countries. We've seen with the IPL, with the Australian KFC, Australian uh, leagues, where there's a, 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 a variety of players from different cultures, different countries. With different styles adding to the flair and the excitement of the tournament. There's far too few South African players not competing or not even participating at a, at a, at a provincial level. We see it in rugby where we have the Super Rugby, we have the Pro 14 now, where teams are able to compete, club teams are able to compete at other levels, but there's, there's no infrastructure for that in cricket. And cricket is quite a fairly organized. Uh, organization, Cricket South Africa is very, it's not organized in the sense that they, they're getting things done, but there are structures in place, but why can't they just bloody deliver competitive cricket? And my um, issue, and I'm, now I'm presenting a solution to them. I'm saying, Cricket South Africa, if you can hear me, please go listen to Simi Arif, he's your biggest fan. Okay, put that aside. Please make the domestic league competitive and play against other domestic leagues from outside the country. Can you just form a league? If it's with Australia, if it's with England, I don't care. Can we just get our domestic teams competing against other domestic teams from across the country? Because there's no league for that, first and foremost. Yes, I understand the biggest uh, players at the Cricket Association, and there's a lot of corruption at that level, are the English and the in and the Indian uh, boards, the cricket boards, highly corrupt individuals. But can I just simply ask? It's a prayer of mine. If we can have domestic a domestic tournament that allows for our players to compete at a high level, it will allow for the development of cricket in South Africa to produce high valuable players. Players, no, no. High. That is actually, yeah. That is actually the correct, I want to know you're very correct in that assumption of, I genuinely think that that is the issue, is that we're seeing players not being able to make the step up of doing well domestically, and who are they playing against? Like, I want not to, if I were to play my 13-year-old cousin at rugby, I would bulldoze it. But then yeah. if I went to go play for the Sharks, I would get attacked. So I think yeah. that that is the situation of there's not enough good competition. Like I mean, if we just quickly... Um, Sorry to interject there. If we just quickly scan over the results, 
Pakistan won by four wickets. Pakistan won by six yeah. wickets. Pakistan won by nine wickets. Are you kidding me? What is that? Yeah. Last week, Wednesday. Sis, man. Sis. Pakistan won by three wickets again to wrap up the fixture. T20, guys. This is where we're supposed to be thriving. Three. South Africa as an organization thrives in test cricket. I wouldn't hit. All often based on the ODI team. Um, I can say we fluctuate with the performance of our ODI team, but the T20 we definitely do deliver, especially after a test series. And so, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 as an organize as as a, a a funded organization, Cricket South Africa, get your act together, please. Just get your act together. Dada, I I went like. You hit the nail right on the thing. I definitely think that that would help our local game because we are not seeing enough people breaking through and making an impact on an international stage. And it's because they're not given the, the correct exposure and growth at grassroots and in development phases. And they're kind of thrown into, right now I'm going to face top quality bowlers when now I was playing my under-19 cousin, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree Half of the West Indies teams, half of the West Indies players, sorry, not even the team, half of the West Indies players are in these leagues. Yeah, definitely. That they make up 50% of these teams. So I'm, I'm really finding it difficult. In fact, I'm actually getting frustrated that year after year, the level of cricket in South Africa is somewhat dropping for the sense of a better word. The quality no, of players on, yes, we understand the buggers want to go have a drink and blah, 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 and the banter off the pitch. That's fine. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. But please deliver results because let's be honest, from a, a cricket, the cricket, the Proteus, let me say that, let me not say cricket, cricket the Proteus team have no excuse because A, it's very difficult to make the Proteus squad. Once yeah, you end, extremely you difficult. End. Yeah. Yeah, Once you end for life, end, bro. You end. You yeah, end for life, life, pretty much. So to tell me about there's no chemistry or morale is bogus. Bogus, bogus, bogus. Yeah. If you're not playing Thank domestic you. cricket, what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your yeah. time? So yeah, no. you've got a bunch of players that are hanging out with each other but you can't come together to deliver. What do they need? Nick Fury to come out of nowhere and put the team together. That's why I said they're not good enough. That's why I said, I don't think they're good enough. That's why I said, there's some elite players and some very average players. That's my issue. We can see Hart. Hart can, South Africans were very forgiving of a nation when it comes to sports performances. I, I think we, we, we've played the sports long enough to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Especially in a, in, 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 a, in a national league where it's not that many teams, not that many countries participate in cricket. There's about 10 to, 10 to 12 countries that participate in cricket. Out of, out of a world of over 200 countries, you're telling me you can't be the best out of 12. Nah, bro. You're not wrong. Now you're not wrong. 
that's what I said. Look, you're not wrong, and I won't lie. Those are the correct ways to go about it. But in 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 for our final our favorite link time of the yeah. of MVP, which is the most valuable player. So that's the most valuable player in any sport. Whether we covered it, whether we've not covered it. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna start off. For me, just a special shout out because I'll miss him in the coming week. My MVP of the week is Joseph Mourinho. Just because for me, I no, I genuinely, I genuinely think he is he's an old soul mm. in, in in and is a and is a football brain of mm. like absolute. And I feel like he has given it this service, and I genuinely shout out for him. Joseph Mourinho, I genuinely respect Joseph. I think for me, I think for me, I would have to say um, it's a tough one. I think I'd like to say um, congratulations uh, to Boom Corsi for getting that Rock Nation deal. Uh, so he's clearly shown that he's a high valuable player to the Sharks organization, and so. Hopefully this will give him the boost and the morale boost and confidence to be able to deliver at a high level for the Sharks. So I'm definitely going with that. Um, yeah. And, and then uh, fixture of the week. So that is the best fixture of any sport that um, we have covered or haven't covered. And definitely my fixture of the week has to be, even though we lost, if we go watch Sundowns versus Pirates, you will see top quality South African football. Mm. And we kind of wonder why can't the fun of a manager this one? Like they absolutely demolish pirates through and through. And I definitely think that if you're a South African coach in training back, you should yeah. watch how they play Sundance play that because that game was really fine to watch. Uh, for me I would definitely have to say that as much as it, it felt sore to lose uh, I thought the, the kind of football that Chelsea were able to deliver against uh, Man City in the, in the FA Cup was nice and competitive. Uh, I mean, there were so many shots from Man City that they never were able to close, but uh, credit to Chelsea uh, taking advantage of, of, that of those opportunities that they, did, that they were given. And so I would definitely say the team of the week for me uh, just a quick one is definitely um, I'll have to say Sundowns. I think they 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 are they're in for a big they're in for a big uh, busy week. But I think to still be two games in hand and leading a league uh, that's quite impressive for my part, especially towards the end week. Where usually the gap gets close, uh, gets closer and closer. They, they they've been able to have an, a nice advantage over their competitors. So the team of the week for me is definitely. Yeah, the team of the week for me uh, is PSK, uh, the team that beat Sundowns on penalties in the Midland Cup. It's the ultimate David and Goliath competition. Hmm. It's it's where dreams are made of. And hey, bro, they genuinely they beat them. Uh, on penalty six five, and for me, it's what people dream of. Like it's the it's the, the passion of football, as people mm. say, of 
the underdog team can that were in uh, that were in uh, the, the the championship last season, this season can go forth and in a semi-final beat um, the mighty Namalodi uh, Senda. So for me, I think they're the underdog story, and they played well. Like it wasn't like they were hanging on. Like they played to me well. And if they won in regular time, I don't think anybody would have been too surprised. And against the Sundance team, which I just said, dominated Pirates, I got a team from their props. That's mm. congratulations to them. Um, we have some great pictures coming up over the following weeks. Yeah. We've spoken about them. We have some busted cup. You know, we have the remaining Premier League games, Champions League games. Hopefully, if, if the Civil War doesn't break out. <laughs> so there's some great games. There's some great games coming through. So do you have any final thoughts for us? Mr. Hmm. I beg your pardon, can you just tell me again? Oh yeah, do you have any final thoughts for us? I think this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for inviting me, Tibbs. Uh, sorry if you missed out, but I hope that Sharks jersey that you bought for the changing points is worth it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this has been absolutely amazing. Um, thank you so much, Tibbs. I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, oh, no. subscribe and all that stuff, but yeah, go ahead. I don't know. Subscribe, fam. Yeah, subscribe, like the video, share the video. You know what it be. Add in the comments all of the people, all your MVPs, your pictures, your team of the weeks. We are yeah. on all streaming platforms. We are on our our Twitter, not our Twitter, our Instagram and Facebook handles are at the change room. We have yeah. TikTok as well. We have TikTok we as have well. TikTok now. We have TikTok now at the Change Room ZA. You can follow me on TikTok at Tibbs underscore Bumi. You guys have been really great. My name is Tibbs. He is Spoo. Oh, sorry. Ah, this Musa. <laughs> I'm so used to it. Sorry, my name is Tibbs. We have our special guest host, the man of the plan, Musa. And we are the Change Room. Goodbye, everybody. Awesome. Bye bye. Love you lots. Oh,